Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good football Friday, Birds fans. <clears throat> Excuse me, all choked up. Show hasn't even started. Welcome to Birds 365. John McMullen, Johnny McDonald, hanging with you. We get an hour of Johnny Mac before he has to go over and do some duties from the Novacare complex. But you were over there yesterday, John. Full practice, full injury report. Some good news, some bad news. I would say mixed news out of yesterday as far as the Birds' health goes. Yeah, I would say safety, obviously, is the biggest concern. Uh, Justin Evans, um, uh, you know, he was out there on the side field working on his conditioning. So that's a good sign long term. But I don't think it's a good sign this week. So he's not practicing. Sidney Brown wasn't practicing. Sidney looked a little bit closer, if you can tell. Um, and that's going to be big. They might rule them out today. They might play the questionable route to, you know, competitive advantage. Um, Nick Sirianni. But there's a good chance that neither is going to be available. And that means you have two safeties right now uh, on the roster. Uh, we're talking about a lot of cross-training. They have started cross-training. Uh, 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 Kaylee Ringo. Um, so that's the sort of safety net it seems 
Um, with Cindy Brown, though, you're also talking about the slot now as well. So it's going to be interesting because uh, Washington has a more, whatever you want to call it, a, a traditional, typical slot receiver in, in Curtis Samuel, um, a guy who is really quick versus, you know, what we talked about, the bigger slots that maybe James Bradbury matches up well against. Um, at least physically, this would be the kind of guy you want the smaller, um, ship to your typical slot corner that we think about. So that's going to be an interesting matchup to watch um, and see what the Eagles do. But they don't have Sidney Brown either, and I'm not sure if he's a matchup for that anyway. So it might have to go back to Mario Goodrich. So a lot of moving parts in the defensive backfield. Give me the uh, Sirianni take on Mario Goodrich. What he has said since the surprising inactivity this past week, where most of us thought Goodrich was going to start and play most of the time in the snap, and he ends up not being even active for the game. What has the coach's statement been on Goodrich? I don't think he's been asked about Goodrich. And if I did, I would, if he was, I wasn't paying attention. I don't, I don't believe he was asked. I mean, typically, you know, Nick doesn't get a lot of questions about the defense because that's Sean Desai's purview. So I pay more attention to Sean. Um, they said all they needed to do by not being active. I mean, that tells you all you need to know. Um, was he so, that bad in the second game of the season that they said, we need to just bench this guy? How, well, how, does, he go, how does he go from playing to being inactive? Well, he, he, he didn't play well, but I thought he, he played okay and, and got better as the game on. Now, if you look at the numbers, he, he was thrown out thrown at six times and he gave up six completions. So, um, you know, I think the passer rating was 140-ish when they targeted him. Uh, not good. But again, that was in the second – that was later in the game most of it uh, – you know, sometimes he was on Jefferson. They weren't traveling people. Um, the Vikings were behind. They were throwing a lot. Uh, they had a lot of success, a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns. Um, that doesn't and sound I think good, he got, John, I got to tell you. <laughs> and he got, he, got, he got a little bit better as the game wore on. Of those six completions, two, for instance, were to backs. Now, they don't have good backs. We saw that. And he, and he was right there. So he gave up the completions, but it was an outlet pass, and he gave up like one yard and two yards. You know, that's that's what you're supposed to do. That's not a big completion. Who cares? So it's such a small sample size, and I thought my my theory going into the Tampa game was, well, obviously got thrown in cold, um, injury replacement, settle him down. He's got a whole week of prep. Um He'll be better in Tampa. They thought otherwise. So it's not its not even about what they say. It's about what they do, and they made him inactive. So that tells me more than what they're saying. Sean Desai said I thought what I said. I thought he got better as the game went on um, against Minnesota. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't make him active. So that tells you all you need to know. And they need a slot corner. 
Um, and, and Sean was talking yesterday, and it certainly seemed that the foreshadowing, foreshadowing was the long-term plan here is now Sidney Brown to be the slot corner, which is interesting um, for a lot of reasons. But he might not be able to play this week. So, again, you have to, okay, that's fine long-term, but you got to get through this week. And you might have to have Mario Goodrich again. And, you know, what did you do to his psyche by not making him active? All factors into it. Um, But clearly, they, they said what they said by not making him active. Right. Their actions speak much louder than their words. And when he's thrown back in this week, I'm sorry, I'm going to want some words to explain. If he was cutting him slack because didn't know he's going to play. Avante Maddox gets hurt early in the game. You don't know he's going to be forced to play as much as he does. You see improvement over the, well, not enough improvement to even make him active week number two. So you went to the film, you saw it. He just doesn't look ready. Now you're throwing him back in just because you have no other options. That They are so, if both backup guys are hurt and you've got to go to Mario Goodrich, that that doesn't bode well, John. If if he's playing a significant number of snaps this week because they have no one else, that's a bad sign. I know injuries are something that everyone in the National Football Act, uh, National Football League, has to deal with, but that puts Steagles in a bind defensively <laughs> for me. Yeah, they do. Um, it does, uh, no question. And we've been talking about that for a couple of days now, multiple injuries at the same position. Now we yep. got three injuries at the same position. Um, last week was two coming in, um, potentially if Sydney can't go. Um, so that's difficult and that's always going to be difficult, but I think this team is built the same anyway. Look, and when they're completely healthy, the strength is the, the front and the front has got to carry the coverage a little bit. Um, and I think that's the case this week. And they've been able to do it so far for the most part. Um, they're going to lean on that front. And and the good news there is Hassan Reddick, the cast is off. So, you know, maybe um, he's got better use of his hand. Maybe the production everybody's looking for, even though the pressure rate is better this year than it was last year from Hassan Reddick. Um maybe starts finishing a little bit more. People get excited about that. But, yeah, the front's got to carry the back end a little bit. If Bradbury's got to take a good percentage, whatever that percentage is of the numbers in the slot, did uh, Decide talk about what he's looking to see out of Job? It means more playing time for for him, for sure, if if Bradbury's dropping down to the slot. Uh, how did he think Joe Job has played so far in the? Yeah, staff? well, they obviously like Josh because that was the the mentality of moving a really good outside corner um, inside, which still doesn't make sense to me. I'm honest about that. I I think it's the rare. I don't want to say bad decision, but a questionable decision. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, um, just because of how good Bradbury is outside. Um, and, and this is maybe a better week to judge that, uh, because as I said, you have the more shifty, speedy slot corner. Um, 
who's going to do some jet sweep stuff. I, I haven't watched Washington a lot, but he has in the past. He's going to do some orbit motion stuff. They're going to try to get him in space. Um, and and you typically want a more traditional slot corner. Maybe the Eagles just zone it up and, and deal with it that way, um, which is my guess of what they'll do. Um, but they have pretty good receivers. Now, it's very similar tilting the other way. They don't have a good offensive line. So, is Sam Howell have time to find those receivers? Because Mike Evans is going to the Hall of Fame, something uh, Nick Sirianni agreed with. And, you know, he made some plays here and there. He had the garbage drive late. Um, Baker Mayfield didn't have time to get him the football. It, 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 you know, receivers, no matter how good they are, are at the mercy of other aspects of the game. They need somebody to get them the football, obviously the quarterback, and they need the quarterback to be able to get them the football with the offensive line. So I've been talking about it all week. If you can't block people, you can't win. You saw it last night if you're watching the Thursday night game. Detroit dominated Green Bay's uh, offensive front. Uh, vice versa, their offensive line dominated Green Bay. Was a laugher, wasn't even as close as the final score. Um, it's not just here in Philadelphia. If you can't block people, you can't win. I was kind of impressed by Detroit's defense. I knew Detroit had offensive weapons, and I thought they'd move the ball against Green Bay, but their defense really took the Packers' offensive line to task. I, I didn't necessarily see that coming, so the Lions are a team that we will keep our eye on. I With the fact that the commanders just got their tails kicked last week by the Broncos, it wasn't clear. Again, 30-point loss, and you say it wasn't as close as the score indicated. That's pretty damn bad, and that's what happened last week against the Broncos. The Broncos got a ton of pressure on Sam Howell, and he made mistakes, and he took sacks, and their offensive line just wasn't up to snuff. The Eagles have, have, have been very good with getting pressure, not necessarily good with getting sacked. The sack numbers off from last year when they uh, went uh, one of the most historic sack seasons in the National Football League. Just keep doing what you're doing. Is Sean Desai going to do anything differently than we've seen in the first three games? My off the top of the head response would be, why change anything? But uh, you've got a team where you really can take advantage of it. What do you expect the defensive pressures to look like from the Eagles on Sunday? No, I think, you know, more likely you just rely on their ability to beat people this week even more so because you can probably um, lean a lot more on, on coverage and give the extra help there. And you probably need it because of what we're talking about at, at, at the slot position. Um, yeah. You expect um, that, defensive front to to whip that offensive front and i expect it you should expect it it's probably going to happen um is it going to be as bad as last week in buffalo probably not because teams tend to overcorrect so you're going to see a lot of max protection i would mm -hmm. imagine you're going to see game planning to get the football out of his hand that's why i talk about get the ball to curtis samuel in space see if he can do something with a manufactured touch bubble screen that i love so much um, make sure the football's out quickly. 
Um, so they're going to be game planning all that stuff. They're probably going to overcorrect because they were so bad, as you mentioned, against Buffalo. So I don't expect another nine sack or interception performance from Sam Howell because that's the way the league works. They just, they just, you know, overemphasize certain things coming off a bad week. But I, I don't see how they hold up uh, the entire game against that that defensive front. I just don't see it. And you know, it scares me the most about this upcoming game on Sunday, John. I feel right about the same way about this matchup as I did week nine last year when the commanders came into the link. There's no way. There's no way they can play with Come on, Taylor Heineke. Uh, We've we've helped to run Carson Wentz out of the league. We're going to do the same thing to Taylor. And the commanders came in and found a way to win. Now, I'll tell you, the Eagles shot themselves in the foot as much as the commanders took the game. But are the Eagles, is that at least a possibility that they could shoot themselves in the foot this week? It's always, it's the NFL, it's always a possibility. Arizona beat Dallas last week. Uh, you mentioned that Washington game. You know, people talk about the running game in that game. Uh, you know, I, it was like, I had to look it up. Brian, Brian Robinson had 26 carries for 86 yards. So it was like 3.3 yards a carry. And then Gibson was like 14 for 44. Uh, I got my notes. So. That was 3.1 yards per carry. Um, Samuel was four for 12 on those manufactured touches. So that was three yards a carry. And Heineke ran it like five times for 10 yards. That was two yards a carry. That was their running game. Their longest run of the game was 11 yards. Yeah, I call it the three yards in a cloud of dust game. Yeah. The, the, what the Eagles did, how the Eagles lost that game was turnovers. They turned it over four times. And that was very atypical of of the Eagles last year. Now, one was that Dallas Goddard play that everybody and obviously should have been a penalty, um, and he fumbled the football, understandably so, um, as he got dragged to the turf with by his helmet, uh, by his face mask. Um, so, you know, it was a perfect storm for for Washington. They took advantage of it. Uh, give them credit. Three force fumbles, you know, interception, uh, four turnovers for the Eagles, and three yards, three yards, three yards. Go for it on fourth. Yeah, I mean, it was, and they were disciplined, and they were playing from the lead because of those turnovers. So if all that happens again, yeah, Washington can win the game. Is all that going to happen again? I wouldn't bet on it. Right. One of the things we'll run by Paul Domwich, who's ready to join us. He's up next here on Birds 365 is that game. The Eagles had been unbelievable last year at coming out in the second quarter and just opening holes, opening gaping leads. The biggest one, of course, was in the scoreboard. They didn't do that last year against Washington. They haven't been as good a second quarter team this year. Wonder why. We'll run it by Paul Domwich from the 3013 and the stats package from jacobsports.com which is officially up right now. If you want to check it out, we'll bring Damo in next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. 
go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soga now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got Mac and Mac, McMullen and McDonald. Johnny Mac's got to run in 40 minutes or so, so Bill Calarulo's going to jump in for him in hour number two. But D and I are going to get the chance to talk to Paul Domwich in the 33rd team. And uh, Jacobsports.com saw the stat pack already up this morning. I will certainly hit on a couple of those things, Domo. But I did mention this right before we went to break, so I want to get your thought on it. Last year, Eagles were so far and away the best team in the NFL in the second quarter. It was ridiculous that they just had this knack for scoring a ton of points in the second quarter. I think part of it is that they always win the toss and defer, so they're not getting the ball in the first quarter, which means that many more possessions in the second quarter. And they haven't won as many tosses this year. They, they, they've been getting the ball first. The other team's been winning the coin toss. Coincidence? Doing something different? Why have they gone from a team that's dominated like no other in the NFL in the second quarter to just an average everyday NFL second quarter team? Well, Joey, I, I think it just has to do with the fact that their offense has been so sluggish. Uh, you know, just 
it's taken them a while to get going. I mean, I look at it as a kind of first the entire first half. I mean, last year they put up nearly 300 points in the first half, uh, which was clearly far and away the most in the league. They, their first half point differential last year was like uh, plus 121, which again was the most in the league. I think right now it's plus 18. Uh, you know, thank, thankfully for them, the defense has played really well in the first quarter. They haven't given up a point yet. Uh, so teams haven't been able to take advantage of, of stopping the Eagles early. But the Eagles' first three possessions, if you look at them uh, this year in the first three games, they've only got nine first downs on those three possessions. Uh, they're averaging like 3.7 a play. So it's just – I mean, the offense just is having trouble getting going. Uh, and then they, you know, eventually at, at some point they go to the run and, uh, you know, it's lights out. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, that aspect of it, Damo, because obviously when we talk about the offensive struggles, it's, uh, it's it's the passing game. It's not the running game. Uh, right. The running game has been tremendous. Um, now, the Eagles will tell you it has to do with the three coordinators they open the season with. And yeah. I buy the I buy some of it for this reason, Damo. That's not something they came up with. That's something uh, they were talking about in the preseason. They knew they were going to get a bunch of unscouted looks, uh, quirky looks, and specifically from those three: Bill Belichick, Brian Flores, Todd Bowles. And now Dallas Goddard said this week they expect more traditional NFL offenses. So is this sort of the cusp of uh, defenses? Sorry, is this sort of the cusp of if the passing game doesn't show up this week, maybe the alarm bells start ringing? Could be. I mean, you know, the, the teams teams going forward are going to look at these last three games and see what worked uh, against them. I mean, I still right now. I mean. You know, I'm not piling on Jalen here. Uh, he's played well in a, in a lot of ways, but he's the one that has to adjust to what he's seeing out there. Uh, he's the one that has to adjust all these zone coverages that that, that they're throwing at him. Uh, you know, I mean, he had the two interceptions last week, but he also had about five or six other poor passes that were either a product of miscommunication with his receivers. I remember one there was a, a to 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 Goddard where. You know, he clearly was looking for Goddard to, to stay outside on a route and Goddard come those kind of things. Um, you know, they need to work out. Uh, I think he will because, I mean, I think Jalen's just too good a quarterback not to. But, you know, I mean, teams are going to take away the run on him. Uh, they're going to try and keep him in the pocket. Uh, you know, so it's just a matter of are they going to keep pounding it? At some point, they're going to come across some teams that are not going to let them have 200 yards rushing a game. Um, but I, you know, I think, you know, they've still got aspects of this offense. They haven't tapped yet. Um, I, I can't remember if it was Nick or Brian Johnson who made a reference this week, I think to, you know, we really haven't used Swift as a receiver yet. Uh, you know, you're going to see that you're going to see him gain well in Swift because, because I mean, you can only take away so many weapons. Uh, yeah. so they need to, you know, they need to. Yeah, I, but it goes back to I think in my mind to just Jalen adjusting to what he's seeing and 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 react quicker. And oh, by the way, last year the Eagles averaged twenty nine points a game. This year, averaging twenty eight. So 
it, it's not that big a drop off. Just look at the points. It's and, and you get those points that motivates everyone to question things. And and, yeah. and consecutive games, Damo, which I know you know, they're over 425 yards and 200 rushing yards for the first time since 1950. So it's not yeah. like they haven't been successful on offense. It's just unconventional. And people want to see A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard get the football. Um, yeah. But teams but, you know, teams are saying teams are saying we're not going to let you have that. You know, it's yeah, just, so you exactly. You, I know people and, hate to hear take what you give they're giving you, but yeah, I mean they, they can take away the deep ball from anybody. I mean, you could take it away from Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle if you want to. Yeah, uh, but you're yeah. sacrificing a lot underneath. They're just making the Eagles 10, 11, 12 point uh, uh, play drives with the attitude that they're going to make a mistake somewhere along the line. Uh, I mean, that's that's basically the approach defenses are taking right now. Yeah, yeah. Damo, it, gets uh, ugly. it gets ugly at times because, sorry, Jody. Um, I was talking to somebody at the, and they said, specifically when they're talking about Flores, like who else is going to sit in that for the entire second half? You, eventually you're going to come out, come out yeah. of it because you're getting gas. He just sat in it and the Eagles were yeah. like, all right, all right, well, we'll just, you know, we'll take that 18 wheeler hole and just run the football down the field. And it worked. So yeah, yeah I have a tough time criticizing them at this point. And from a defensive coordinator standpoint, and I'll throw this at both of you guys, you know, if you, you got to pick your poison, right? So I'm still trying to stop AJ and Devontae and Dallas before DeAndre. That's not an insult to DeAndre, but those guys are superstars at their position. Yeah. Um, that's that's the way I would go at it as well, I think. Um now maybe if it continues, you got to re start rethinking it. But it makes sense to me from the opposition standpoint. Here's where it didn't make sense to me. From the guys, the three uh, offensive defense coordinators, you give a lot of credit. For. I get it coming into every game. Which am I going to stop first? The Eagles passing game or running? Which can hurt me more? Eagles passing game. All right, so we're going to play our defense accordingly. When they've run it down your throat, you got to be quicker to the trigger to change over. To make some adjustments. And I think their three opponents have been a little slow to the trigger finger to go, oh, shoot, they're running it down our throats. Maybe we need to add a little extra guy to the box here. And these three guys are all supposed to be geniuses, but I thought that they can. Yeah, well, the Eagles were surprised, like I said, specifically with Flores. They're like, who else is going to sit in that for that long? And probably nobody. And that's why they think um, things will slow down a little bit this week and become more traditional moving forward. And they're probably right, but we'll have to see how Jack Del Rio handles it. Uh, but I think it's going to be more traditional defense than they've seen the first three weeks. Yeah. I mean, at some point, you know, I mean, your defensive coordinator, I mean, I don't think any of them counted on, on Deandre Swift averaging eight, you know, what's he almost seven. No. <laughs> they did not. They no. did not. <laughs> He had, uh, I, I think I counted, what do you have, 16 carries on on Monday night. I think seven or eight of them were for eight yards or more. Yeah. A couple that yeah. were like 24 and 29 yards. 
you don't, you know, that's not part of any kind of plan where you're allowing those kind of big chunk yeah. run plays. And that's so. the best run defense in football for five years, basically. Yeah. And yeah. they're giving up eight yards a chunk. Um, yeah, it's pretty amazing, the Eagles. Yeah. Offensive right, line. A, uh, speaking of running the football, as in not running the football, um, <laughs> we've talked about this before with you. I just want to get your thoughts again because it, it refuses to go away as a talking point, and that would be the cheek sneak. Jack Del Rio, who might be the first coach that I can remember. Uh, media members, fans have had opinions on it. The coaches have kept well, and he came out and just said, it's not a football play, shouldn't be in our game, which, okay, fine. Here's what I would say to Jack Del Rio uh, at all with the commanders. Why don't you do it? Why don't you get good enough to make it part of your offensive arsenal as well? All right, yeah, you can't stop it. Nobody can stop it. Okay, fine. Well, then run it yourself and make the other team pay a price. Yeah. Why, why is it this uh, god off and, and I don't love the play. And when people call it a rugby play, I find myself shaking my head going, yeah, it is. But By until the way, they say it's out, it's, it's in. Has anybody watched rugby? Like, I blame Peter King for that and Jack Del Rio kind of. But they, they, they don't I, watch I rugby. I rugby play here on Bird Street 65 it, before Peter King did. It's an ugly play. But, I mean, it's not a rugby play. I guess they're they're saying rugby scrum, but it's not a rugby scrum. Um, it, it's an ugly play, like the bubble screen's an ugly play, but it's legal. My my whole thing is Damo. They're getting the quarterback sneak anyway. Without the, it, it's like it's like putting rims on your car. Right, yeah. It might look better. It might look cooler. Jalen is the issue because he can deadlift six hundred pounds. Yeah. So he's converting the quarterback sneak anyway with nobody helping him. And these other teams go, well, maybe we'll push, but they got a quarterback that can't get the sneak because they can't deadlift 600 pounds. And it, it, to me, it's, 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 it's a big nothing burger um, other than it's an ugly play that I can agree yeah. with, but who cares? There's a lot of ugly plays. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, Jalen's one of the strongest quarterbacks in the league. Uh, I also got to give you got to give credit to, to Kelsey and Dickerson and that offensive line, which which yeah, plays a well, key yeah. part. Um, but yeah, JJ White, I saw a tweet from him yesterday, and it, that was essentially what he said, John. I mean, you know, he didn't like it. I mean, he's not crazy about it, the look of it. He said, but if they, even if they didn't use it, they're not going to stop uh, Jalen from no. from getting it. So uh, it's just my my question, and I because I'm not out there, I haven't had a chance to ask Nick this, but like last year, like, I mean, it's been legal since 2005. It was only last year after his first year with the Eagles that he decided, Hey, let's really start. Let's formalize this choreo choreograph it and use it as a, as a, as a play. Uh, I, I was curious what bells went off in his head <laughs> during the offseason. Well, I, 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 I think it's as simple as uh, he found out his quarterback could deadlift 600 pounds. So it's far more <laughs> effective for them. He used to have Phillip Rivers. He ain't running the quarterback sneak with Phillip Rivers. I, he loves, <laughs> as you know, he loves Phillip. But, yeah. I mean, he's a smart guy. He's not He's not going to run sneaks with Phillip Rivers. I, I think and I tried to get Brian Johnson to go down that route yesterday. I asked him, you know, he's a former quarterback. How much yeah, is, yeah. is it on the quarterback? Because to me, this whole thing, look, 
Kelsey's great. Landon Dickerson's, you know, unbelievably strong. Uh, I yeah. think he's a big part of it as well. But the biggest part is Jalen Hurts. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think people are missing that aspect of it. Most quarterbacks aren't that strong. That's what it comes no. down to. Not with their lower yeah. body, no. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's it's funny also. What you're hearing a lot more from fans right now is, you know, all teams are going to start trying to hurt them. <laughs> Which I always love, you know. So, yeah, Chris, Chris like, didn't said that yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're the, always the, trying to hurt them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the days of players trying to grab the other guy's genitals and stuff like that are, you know, there, there's too many cameras now. No matter how deep yeah. in the pile you are, you're going to yeah. get caught and you're going to get thrown out of the league. Well, I got, I mean, you know, Chris Sims went down that route and he and he made the, I think he said, kill him. Yeah. And, you know, you had these disingenuous people like Chris Sims, who I don't like. I mean, he says goofy things, but as yeah. he's not advocating first degree murder. He's saying in a football sense, make them pay for it. Uh, so I get both sides of the, the equation. You do as a defensive player, you want to make them pay for it. Um, yeah. But the days of Bounty Gates and Sean Payton getting suspended for trying to take out Brett Favre, he and Greg Williams, yeah. um, that stuff still, I'm not going to say it still happens, but guys want to hit people when they get the opportunity yeah. and they want to make them feel it. And that's pro football. And if you don't like it, I'm, I'm okay with that. But to pretend it doesn't exist anymore, I think it's disingenuous as well. And yeah. the funny thing yeah, about I, I it always... is for me, uh, elevating what Sim said yesterday, there's not time to build up speed to actually yeah. hit someone and hurt someone. It's all yeah. just, Strength no. on strength. There's no there, there's no force to it. So how much are you going to be able to kill kill a guy? As Sim said, if he's only going three steps, and that gives him a first down. The play doesn't it lend itself to killing someone on the other team. No, yeah, it always felt it's one of the. It might be one of the safest. One of the safest. Yeah, I think Mahomes got hurt on a sneak once. Yeah. Um, we were talking about that last year, weren't we, Jody? Yeah, I think Patrick but Mahomes I, got hurt, but yeah. I don't. I, I it I wasn't a tush push because I don't know Andy Reid ever did anything like that. So, no. it, but you have seen it. some linebackers launching at him. Um, yeah. So they're trying to make him pay. But yeah, I mean it's a safe play, and you know that's part of it as well. Um, there's only so much you can do. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't see a problem with it, other than. I, in fact, uh, Jody can tell you, Tom, I, I always said, Jalen's going to get it anyway. I said this dating back to last year. I think it would be better for the Eagles if they banned it because they're still getting quarterback sneaks, and other teams may get a little help from shoving the quarterback. But, but the Eagles here's, don't really need it. Here's the saddest thing, John. No one in the league has developed it like the Eagles. Not even close. So why hasn't yeah. everybody else? If everyone can see the percentages and damn, the Eagles got the ninety percent of the time they convert. Why hasn't anyone else been good enough to develop their quarterback? Because they don't have Jalen Hurts. You're right. That's the yeah. answer. But I would yeah, say yeah. shame on the rest of the league for not at least attempting to make that part of their arsenal. 
I mean, still, this, you know, this is a, a shameless copycat league. I mean, they've yeah, oh yeah, coaches, co- coaches steal everything. I mean, there's there, yeah. you know, there hasn't oh, really yeah. been an original. They stole that. It's the Bush push. Before it was the Tush push. It was the Bush yeah. push. That's where it and, came and yet, from. Exactly, and yet uh, for them to be reluctant to to copy this, I think it's because it looks so bad. <laughs> if it were a play that that kind of looked crafty. They would say, yeah, yeah. we're going to take that and use it too. But I think they're reluctant for that reason because people, so many people are ripping it and criticizing it and calling it rugby. All yeah. right, uh, Damo, the tush push aside, the Eagles <laughs> have not been in as good in the red zone this year as they were last year. I know it's only a three-game sample, and if you're looking as comparing 17 games, three games, it's a little improportionate. But uh, they, they just haven't been as good. And it's a very good thing that they've got Mr. Money in the Bank, Jake Elliott, to bang through three points rather than come away with nothing. Why do you think yeah. they've been less effective in the red zone? Well, uh, well, they're one for five on Monday night, I think, in the red zone. Yeah, yeah right. I, which I, one, I, of, one of them is full because yeah, one came one on that last drive when they yeah. didn't try, yeah. try to. So I'm going to call them one for four. I think it's all about defenses. Defend. I mean, we talked earlier about defenses defending uh, Jalen. That's where they really, during the offseason, put a lot of time and 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 tape watching into stopping him in that inside the twenty. Um, you know, last year they were the most lopsided team in the red zone as far as run play percentage. I mean, they just always ran it inside the the red zone. He had only nine red zone touchdown passes, I think, uh, in the red zone last year, um, which was among the lowest in the league. But it didn't matter that they were one of the best red zone teams because they just pounded it in there. And, and he was able to, you know, RPOs and use the run, you know, keepers. Well, they've decided, you know, I mean, he's their emphasis now inside the 20. We're taking Jalen away. He's not going to run it. I mean, when he gets to the one, they can't stop him. But uh, so, they're, you know, this past week, they made him throw a little bit more. Uh, I think in the first two games, the run pass split was like, 14 runs, three passes in the first two games inside the red zone. On Monday night, it was like 10 and nine, and they weren't very good at it. Uh, Jalen was one for seven throwing in the red zone. Um, I mean, he's got to get better in the red zone throwing the ball because, you know, teams are going to – they're they're focusing on the run when they get down that far. I mean, you're, the teams obviously – until they get there, we've talked earlier about taking away the deep ball, this and that. Once they're inside the 20, it's all about stopping the run because the Eagles haven't proven they can throw the ball in the red zone. They don't, you know, Jalen doesn't really have a, you know, you go back to Carson. I mean, Carson and Zach Ertz were like, uh, they, were on, they were on the same wavelength when inside the, the red zone. I mean, they just thought, thought the same way and, and Zach could always get open. You look at the red zone numbers, uh, uh, receiving numbers with this group. None of them last year. I think nobody had more than uh, seven or eight catches inside the red zone. AJ Brown, all those ninety-five catches and seven yeah. were in the red zone. So that's where they need to get better, uh, more so than the rest of the field. They need to get better throwing the ball inside the the twenty because teams are taking away the run. All right. To further that point, I tried to start this this week, Damo. I asked Nick and Brian. Um, and it's going to pick up during Miami week motion motion. Mike McDaniel is the rage of the NFL right now coming off a 70 point game. He could have broke the record if he wanted to 726 yard game. Um, 
They use motion on 59% of their snaps. The Eagles don't motion. They don't do it. They haven't done it since Nick got here. They're always bottom five in the league. Um, and he says you never want to be bottom five in anything except motion. Um, <laughs> that, 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 I, is that part of the the lack of creativity in the passing game in the red zone when you have those close quarters? Sometimes you got to get people moving, and Mike McDaniel's proven that. Why are the Eagles so hesitant to do it? Well, I saw his quote, his, his response to you, uh, uh, John. What was it? Well, there's got to be a point to it. Yeah, there's got to be. We don't motion just for the sake of motion. Well, yeah. make a point. Yeah, Find make a the point. To... Yeah. Look at but yeah, yeah, I didn't want I to agree. bring up Mike at this stage, Mike McDaniel, because we'll get to yeah. that. But that's who I was. I'm laying the groundwork. I mean, if Miami keeps being successful at this rate and he's fooling people, Jim, you know, Jim Schwartz, he's called it eyewash and people lack discipline defenders. When that happens, the Eagles just, you know, they say, well, we run a lot of empty sets, a lot of tempo. It's tough to motion. And as you mentioned, we don't motion just for the sake of motion. Yeah. Make All right. Well then, Create a play where you need motion would be my argument. Maybe yeah. that helps you in the red zone specifically. Yeah. I'd be interested in like Brian's history in college uh, with the teams, you know, at Florida, at Houston, Utah, um, Mississippi State. Did Was there much motion there? Uh, I'm sure with Nick, you go back to, you know, go back to even his, his – his dad, they pro- probably they never put a lot of motion in their offense because you know that would explain why he doesn't feel very strongly that they should use it now. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, mix it up, do anything you can to confuse the opponent. I mean, that's the whole idea. And and you learn a lot when you motion. You learn, you know, you, yeah. Starters, you find out they're in zone or or man. Now they the Eagles obviously have their own ways of doing that, but. Uh, um, yeah, I, I don't understand it, and only Nick knows the answer to it. All right, since we're questioning offensive coordinators, why don't we question the offensive coordinator of the commanders? Uh, Eric Bieniemy came in, a lot of pomp and circumstance, the coordinator of two Super Bowl-winning teams, even if Andy Reid was their play caller. Um, and their offense to this point has been nothing special. Certainly it was awful last week uh, against Buffalo's defense. Um, what do you think the enemy has up his sleeve to deal with the Eagles defense the way that they're playing right now? Because I think the Eagles have a chance to score 30 points against Washington's defense this week, which means the commanders are going to have to keep up with that. I'm finding a tough time coming up with a game plan that's going to get 30 points against this Eagle defense for the commanders. <laughs> what do you think the enemy's got up his sleeve? Well, I think probably the meeting with Sam Howell when kind of something like this, you know, like Sam, get the ball out quick because <laughs> they're coming after you. Uh, you know, I mean, they're basically a running team. I mean, Howell's been, I mean, that's their, their best, their strength. Unfortunately, they're facing one of the best run defenses in the league. And, you know, they've given up a league, you know, Sam Howell's been sacked 19 times already, nine times last week against Buffalo. And now he's facing these, uh, these guys, I mean, I just, it just, you look at it and you just say, this is going to be ugly. I don't know how, 
I don't know what Eric does. I don't know how you you throw a lot of screens, I guess, and yeah. hope you can kind of slow up that pass rush. Uh, because I mean, I don't I don't see that run game being very effective against these guys. Uh, you know, for all the talk about the problems they've had with linebacker and safety injury wise and stuff, this run defense is. I mean, mainly you know because you got Jordan Davis in the middle, just like grabbing people as they <laughs> as they as they try to get by him. Uh, you know, the run, that run defense, which last year was like 17th in the league. I mean, and had some days when you, they couldn't stop anybody, including the second half against Kansas city. I mean, now is just, uh, ferocious and that's without sacrificing a pass rush. It's, uh, it's pretty impressive. Uh, uh, one thing I look at is the slot right now, Damo, because, um, yeah. Obviously, the Eagles are down. Devontae Maddox, Zach McPherson, now potentially Sidney Brown, which was a, a a surprise putting him in there. Now he yeah. seems to be the long term plan. He might not play this week, and this week you have more of a traditional, you know, shifty slot guy, Curtis Samuel. Mm-hmm. Um, on paper. You know, James Bradbury, you're going to put James in there at 6'2", big long guy against a uh, manufactured touch player. Might be something. If I'm Eric Bieniemy, that's what I'm looking at. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, quick screens, yards after catch, because they're not going to be able to hold up on the offensive line. That's about. Yeah. That's all I got if I'm Eric Bieniemy. I want to take advantage of that of that slot position. Tight ends in the middle uh, of yeah. the field. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Bradbury this week. I mean, I, I still think the trade deadline is October 31st, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the one move the one move they need to meet, make is they got to go get themselves a slot corner. Uh, you, you know, that's, that's the one weakness, the one concern I have about this defense right now. Safety-wise, I think they're going to be fine once – you know, Sydney, you know, I mean, I think Brown and 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 Reed Blankenship are long term going to be a pair of outstanding safeties. Reed, Reed is a great player, Paul. Yeah, how did really the is. NFL miss Reed Blankenship? That's a that you know, but Jody and I were talking about that yesterday. He he doesn't have bad traits athleticism wise. Obviously, no. he played at a smaller school. He's a five year starter, very successful. Ran a four five five. Had, you know, all the numbers are there. Everybody missed him. How does that happen? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's yeah. I don't know. I mean, you're right. He's, it, usually, it's 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 a number that kills a guy and gets him uh, dropped to the undrafted yeah. uh, line. But four five for a, a safety is pretty damn good. Uh, everything else was fine. The experience, everything, you know, the intelligence is off the charts. I have no idea. Uh, I'm sure Howie's just thankful that he was there and they signed him. Right. Yeah. And and the Eagles would like to take take a deep uh, bow for that one. You can't when you give <laughs> yeah, that they $5,000. They gave five grand. Yeah, it's they like, yeah, okay, yeah, you want right. to come in and compete with 90? Yeah. They, they didn't know this was going to happen no. either. So they're smarter yeah. than everybody else, but it doesn't make them really all that smart with the level that Blankenship's gotten to already. All right. One thing we got to talk about before we let you run, Damo. We are underselling, or at least by the, the questions we've asked you so far, and John and my first segment, we haven't met, mentioned the defensive line of the Redskins and uh, mm-hmm. uh, the commander, excuse me. Um, 
The Eagles' defensive line has been, although not getting sacks, just Stone Cold dominant the first three games. The commander's defensive line is pretty damn good, too. Uh, if they're going to hang in this game, it's going to be because of their defensive line. That's their strongest unit. I think the Eagles' strongest unit right now is their defensive line, and certainly the commander's defensive line is their strongest unit on their team. Uh, we all sing the praise of the Eagles' offensive line is the best in the business. Are they going to be tested this week by that Washington defensive line? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, to a certain degree. I mean, if, if they're going to beat you some way, it's going to be putting pressure on uh, Jalen. But, I mean, that's why, you know, strength, strength versus strength. Um, I think you'll see the Eagles run a lot of screens to do the same thing that uh, Washington's probably going to try to do to the Eagles pass rush, slow it down a little bit. Um, you know, you're going to see that run game uh, maybe crank up a little earlier to slow them down and, and force them to wonder what what's coming next. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what – you know, that's that's Washington's only chance of, of winning this game is get pressure on Jalen. Yeah. And and we talk about the Eagles and their pressure rate has been tremendous. I think Jalen Carter's 15. Um, Josh has 13. Yeah. Reddick has 10. If you look at Washington, Sweat's got 13. Allen's got 13. Chase Young's got 10. Deron Payne's their big guy in the middle. He's got six. They're They're good. They're good up yeah. front. But as you mentioned, Domo, it's strength versus strength. The Eagles have the best. Yeah. They might have the most talented defensive line. The Eagles have the most talented offensive line. So I think it might look worse than normal for the Eagles offensive line, but they're still going to be. They're not going to fall apart um, yeah. as, good as, as good as Washington is. But Jody's right. That Washington front is something. Now that Chase Young is healthy. Um, Legit. Oof. Yeah, yeah. I think Sirianni and Johnson might uh, attack him a little differently. Maybe move uh, uh, Jalen uh, to the outside a little bit more. Uh, you know, you roll, rolling. What? Sorry about that, guys. Siri popping. What Siri she have does, to say? She does that. Did Siri say <laughs> lay the points with the Eagles? I got <laughs> Is is Siri yeah. in on the game? Well, that's it. Uh, we did it at P Damo. Make sure you follow. Paul on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Um, 33rd team, check out his stat package for this week. Always good stuff. You get the tush push numbers, the brotherly shove numbers. Uh, uh, Nick Sirianni <laughs> wants us to call it the brotherly shove. Uh, Jacobsports.com. Um, yeah, I got to give my prediction. What's your prediction, Dama? You know, I'm going to go uh... – I'm going to go 30 to 17. Ooh, all right. Easy. Easy peasy. Yeah, or no. It's going to be close. And I think we might see some, you know, Jody started this uh, segment with, you know, the slow starts, uh, the second quarter. I, I think they're going to, I think they're going to come out shooting. I think uh, the first uh, half's going to be big this week. Damo, great stuff. Appreciate jumping in with us. Thank you much. We'll talk to you again next Friday. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks, Thomas. You got to read uh, Damo's stat pack on jacobsports.com. Outstanding stuff. We touched on a bunch of it there. You get more of the details if you're at the website, jacobsports.com. All right. Yeah, McMullen, I guess we need you on the record as well. What, what Was it you and Ed who agreed on a score earlier this year that you yeah. had the exact same score? Exact same score, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> 
I hate to say this. I've got written down on my little sheet of paper right here. Eagles 30, Commander 17. Oh, nice. I, uh, I, can, I can make it 30 to 18 just to be different than Damo, but I had the Eagles no, scoring 30 points. what you had. Stick the with thing, what you the had. The thing I was debating is how many I thought the Commanders would score. I thought the Eagles were going to score 30. Three touchdowns, three field goals, boom, get out the door. 30 points for Philadelphia, which is going to win the game. Um, the question is, how many points will they give up to the Commanders? Yeah, I, I wrote down 30 to 17, so Stick I, with I, it. I shouldn't change it just because no. Damo came up with the same no. exact score. That's exactly I'm going with 30 to 17. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm buying into the division games tend to be a little bit closer than you expect uh, mentality. Um I, I, you know, the Eagles are going to win the game. It's just a matter of how how difficult it is. I think it's going to be, and it might even be late. It might not even be that close, but I think it ends up as like a 27-20 game. And maybe it's 27-13, you get a late garbage touchdown. I don't think they're going to be in danger. Um, but I think maybe you have that backdoor cover. What are the Eagles favorite by? Eight, eight and a half? Eight and a half, yeah. Yeah, a backdoor cover for Washington type of thing. And here's the bad news if you're an Eagle fan. Uh, if they get that last score with about six minutes to go, the Eagles will yeah, just run just out the clock like they did the last clock. week. Yeah. The, the yeah. four-minute offense becomes the nine-minute offense. Maybe this week it only needs to be the six-minute offense. Yeah. But if they've got to be able to run it out at the end, you're going to want the retaliatory score you might not yeah. get it. I, yeah. I think they'll be up by enough. I think Washington will score last. I think it'll be the same exact thing, but it could be a dominating 30 to 10 like score. That yeah, the- it could be. I think they're going to overcorrect. I, I think that Buffalo game hurt the Eagles because they're going to overcorrect. They're going to max protect. As Damo said, they're going to drill into Sam Howell's head all week. Football's got to come out. Football's got to come out. Football's got to come out. Now he's a young quarterback. He might not listen, but um, I think they're going to overcorrect. overcorrect. Oh, it's here's the problem. Here's why I'm very confident the Eagles are going to win because I think that is a key aspect of this game. The Eagles are going to get uh, pressure because they do. Will they get sacks? Maybe, maybe not. But they're going to get uh, the tremendous push. They're getting up the middle from their stud DTs, and yeah, maybe it opens some things up for the guys on the end. We can sit there and say it. The coaches can say it. Sam Howell is not good at the quick release play. He likes to drop back five steps. That's when he's been at his best in North Carolina, the first two games of this uh, the commander se- season. He doesn't like the three-step drop and just get it out. Everyone may know it's coming or should be coming, but the quarterback then ha- actually has to be able to do it. Yeah. And I don't well, think I remember, Sam Howell can I do remember, it. Right when Ed Kratz says, I don't think Sam Howell's that good. I don't think he's got that, that bow in his quiver. So we can all talk about it, but I don't think he's going to be able to pull it off. Well, I remember hating that North Carolina offense because it was so uh, RPO driven um, with Sam Howell. So maybe they go back to that. Um, he would he would be clapping at the line of scrimmage and they would run this um, ugly uh, RPOs 97% of the time. So maybe they go back to that and he's got to get the football out quickly. If you force him to, um, you force him to, um, 
But I, it's just the nature of the NFL. When something like that happens, you you spend your entire week probably to um, an over-analyzing degree trying to fix that one. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Aspect, and that's why I think it'll be a little bit better even though the Eagles technically have a better pass rush than Buffalo, um, I would bet the under on nine sacks is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they, the Eagles haven't shown a propensity to get those sacks just yet, so I'll take under nine as well. And if they bring in the RPO with the kind of play they're getting from the defensive, the key to stopping the RPOs is get that first guy to to make it more difficult on the quarterback then the quarterback's got to decide which player he's going to key on and make that decision thereafter. But it all starts right in the middle. And the Eagles are stone cold dominating right in the middle right now. So three yards in a cloud of dust. That's how they beat them last time. All you yeah, need is three yards. Last Shady. time last year, they and didn't four, have Jalen Carter playing four at the level that he's playing at. Good luck with it. I'm telling you, it's not happening this year. All right, Johnny Max, they travels over to South Philly. All right. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Jody. And thanks, Bill. I see him in the green room. Um, Eagles, 4-0, baby. 
That's right. Will they get to the eight? No, that they did last year. You got that Miami game circled, but uh, the, no stumbling this year against Washington at home as they did last year. All right. I'm coming back here for hour number two on Birds 365. I will be joined by Bill Calabrillo. So he's jumping in for Johnny Mac. We'll go behind enemy lines. Grant Paulson from 1067, uh, 106.7 FM down in D.C. Uh, will jump in with us and give us a Washington point of view in hour number two here on Birds 365. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Number two on a football Friday, Birds 365. Jordy Mack with Phil Colorado. What are you doing wearing Philly stuff? Who do you think you are? Red October, Jody. Red October, my man. I know it's coming, but uh, we are Birds 365. uh, So you do look like the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, if you were the coach of the Eagles, Phil Colorado, 
and this Washington team coming to town. They win their first two games. All right. They didn't beat any world beaters in the first two games, but they're two and oh, they're in the same position the Eagles were last week. And they just got pummeled by the Buffalo Bills last night in their own house, which supposedly has new excitement because of ownership change. That excitement was over rather early last week against Buffalo. But um, what what do the commanders bring to the table that you at least have to say you respect? You may not fear, but you respect this aspect about the commanders. You got one? Well, yeah, I think if you look at that offense, you have to respect a little bit their wide receiver room. Now, we saw Sam Howell doesn't have time to throw the football, but they don't have a bad receiving core if somehow that offensive line can give him some time. But you look at the flip side, the defensive side of the ball, their defense hasn't been playing horrible. It's just the offense has put them in some bad spots. How many turnovers did they have last week? Five against the Buffalo Bills, giving up nine sacks. So field position was a real problem. But I think if you look at it, wide receiver room for the commanders isn't bad, and the defense hasn't been bad. But outside of that, I think this is a big win for the Philadelphia Eagles this week. I really do. Yeah, um, I'm having a tough time coming up with any way that I think the commanders could win the game. But as I said, way back at the start of this show, I felt the same exact way last year when the Eagles were 8-0 and the commanders came in. All right, they're going to. And sure enough, the commanders found a way to win, mostly through Eagle era that I used the phrase Eagles shot themselves in the foot last year, and they did. Any chance that that happens this week? Uh, they've been better at keeping the football under wraps because they've run it as much as they have. Is there any chance that this turns into a turnover fest and it becomes a who-makes-the-bigger-mistake type game? Well, look, to give you the cliche answer, it's always possible any given Sunday and all that. But I think the one advantage we have this week as an Eagles team, we're not smelling ourselves after those first three weeks. Although they're 3-0, and they haven't put it all together. So this isn't one of those quote-unquote trap games that you've seen in years past. They were 8-0 and going into that game. Everybody was talking about them as the best team in the league, and they came out a little sloppy. I don't think you'll see that on Sunday because this team knows – they haven't put it all together yet. They're not looking past the Washington Commanders in any way. So I think you'll see a very clean, efficient game from this Philadelphia Eagles team. And I just did a video on my Instagram right before we came on about this. I think one of the advantages the Eagles have this week as well is the three teams that they've played, week one, week two, and week three, are three of the top four teams in the NFL when it comes to blitzing the quarterback. Minnesota blitzes the quarterback 63% of the time. That's number one in the NFL. You look at the Tampa Bay Bucks; they're number three in the NFL 45% of the time. And then you have New England 44% of the time blitzing the quarterback. Washington doesn't blitz the quarterback a lot. They've only blitzed quarterbacks 24% of the time, which is 21st in the NFL. So when you talk about our passing game and it's struggled a little bit over the first three weeks, these were teams that bring a lot of blitzes and try to confuse the quarterbacks. You don't have that as much with Washington. So I expect this passing game to hopefully get rolling this week and everybody can calm down and say, hey, this Philadelphia Eagles offense is going to be just fine. And I know this is going to be construed as sacrilegious by some Philadelphia fans when I say this here. If you don't need to blitz, you shouldn't blitz. Blitzing is acknowledging that you can't get there with four. 
And oh, by the way, I'll give the commanders at least as much. I think they can get there with four. I think they've got one of the best defensive lines in the entire National Football League. Minnesota's telling you we can't get there with four. We need to bring five. New England's telling you we can't get there with four. We need to bring five. Washington doesn't blitz because they don't think they need the blitz, and I agree with their defense coordinator. If you can't get there with the four talented players that they have up front, then there's something wrong to begin with. Then chances are you're in a, a bad spot anyway. So uh, I, I would not put too weight, too much weight on the fact that, wow, the commanders don't blitz. They don't blitz because they don't have to. And I think that is the one, if this game ends up being close, it'll be because of that, because their defensive line plays well. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, they have guys like Sweat, not Josh Sweat, different Sweat, and Chase Young, who haven't played great this year, but those guys are very good defensive linemen. They can get after the quarterback. And mm. if you don't have to blitz, don't bring it. Washington does have 10 sacks in three games, putting them in right. the top 10. As compared to the Eagles, who have how many? Eagles only have eight, putting them at 18th in the NFL. Yeah. So uh, if, they, if they're ahead of the Eagles in sacks so far, that uh, tells you they don't necessarily need to have to blitz. All right, Bill. The run versus the pass. The great debate here in Philadelphia over the first several weeks of the season. The Eagles have been as effective as they have running the football. Yes, the offensive line opens up big holes, but DeAndre Swift has been phenomenal at getting through them and making plays and uh, getting yards even after contact. Um, they have just been tremendous at controlling the game via the ground. But people like Jalen Hurts throwing the football to Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard. So they'd like to see more of that. Um, What do you think the balance is this week? Is there a change from what they've done the first three weeks, which is more run heavy than pass? Or do you think they just stick with what's working? Well, if you look at Washington, they've been good against the pass. They're number 13 in the NFL against the pass. They're number 22 against the run they're giving up 129 yards a game which really it doesn't matter who the eagles play they're able to assert the run they're just that good but you look at this washington team and it would tell you hey let's run the ball not throw the ball but i do expect that passing game to get going but one thing i wanted to tell everybody is is calm down here if you look at the numbers from last year to this year i know they're doing it differently jody they're not throwing the ball as much but the net result has been the same. In 2022, I think everybody would describe this Eagles offense as being a high-powered, dominant offense. They averaged 389 yards a game. That put them number three in the league. You know what they're averaging a game this year? 384. So you're getting the same net result. I get it. We want to see them throw the ball. Hmm. But average yards per play. Last year, 5.9 yards a play. This year, 5.4 yards a play. It's the same net result. We don't necessarily like how they're getting there, but they're getting there. And points per game, most important stat, points per game, 28.1 last year, 28 this year. So we got to calm down. Wins are wins, and the offense is producing. And, oh, by the way, the offensive line with their two stud star potential Hall of Fame uh, guys, Kelsey and Johnson, uh, as, as the anchors of that offensive line, and my lot has become a young veteran, and then you got two very good young studs in Dickerson and Jurgens. There isn't I don't care how old they are. I don't care what their accomplishment is. It doesn't matter how long you've been playing the game or what you've already done. 
offensive lines love to run block. They they would rather go forward than go backwards. So you keep it a very important part of your uh, team. Rather happy if you run the football. Yeah, I think they're going to do a bunch of that again this week. I just hope it's DeAndre Swift. And it, I'm, I get overly uh, analytical when it comes to the running back position. It makes it sound like a, I'm a Kenny Gainwell hater. And I'm not. I, I like Kenny Gainwell. I think he's a nice, a nice player, and he's helped the Eagles out since he showed up here. He's just no DeAndre Swift. And last game, DeAndre got the more important carry. Swift got the late carries. Uh, Gainwell got the late carries when they were trying to just protect the lead and run out that clock at the last nine minutes. But the Eagles made a statement when in the game number one of the season, DeAndre Swift got one carry. Are they going to be smart? Uh, I, I guess it's a, a fear I have, and it's probably unrealistic, that the Eagles – some of the Eagle coaching staff, specifically Johnson, the play caller, think that Gainwell is on the level of Swift. Do you have that same fear? I do. I Looking back at week one, if they didn't win that game, we would be furious right now that they only gave DeAndre Swift one carry. I don't understand that at all. But when you look at DeAndre Swift, as good as he is, you can't give him the ball 28 times a game. If you look back at his career in three seasons in Detroit, he only had more than 15 carries two times in the previous three seasons. And he's really never had them back-to-back like we just saw. He had 28 against New England. He had, I believe, 16 against Tampa. So DeAndre Swift's your starter. He needs to be your running back one. But we can't forget about the other running backs because Swift has shown he cannot stay healthy carrying the load for a 17-game season. So I don't think that you're going to see them lean on Kenny Gainwell like they did in week one, but I do think you need to mix him in. I think the magic number for Swift is probably somewhere between 12 to 18 touches a game, but I think more than that, you start to really risk. He's not a big back, and he's never done it in the past, and we've seen he's had an injury history throughout his career in Detroit. Yeah, I I can't I can't play football scared. He's He should run what you need him to run on any given week, and if he gets hurt, he gets hurt. And I know his history is his history, but uh, I, I I can't. If if you're going to get in the midst of a game, you can't adjust on the fly. Go, oh, too many carries for DeAndre. We need to get him off the field. No, that's that to me is is not the way to attack a team who comes in here with a chance because the Commanders did beat the Eagles in Philadelphia last year in a matchup where I know I got that game wrong because I didn't think the commanders could stay on the field with the Eagles. They beat them as soundly down in Washington previously as they did. So I thought it would be a uh, runaway here in Philadelphia. It was not, but Taylor Heineke played different. Um, He did get the ball out a heck of a lot quicker. And as I just finished telling John, I don't think Sam Howell is capable. You could have meetings, you can work on it and practice. You can say you got to get the ball out in just over two seconds. Okay, fine. Sam Howell is going to try. I don't think he's capable of doing it and doing it well. Do you have any worries about Sam Howell? If he gets well coached up, we think the enemy's a pretty good offensive corner. You think he'll have a game plan in place. Does Sam Howell give you any trepidation going into this game? He doesn't, and I wasn't a fan of Sam Howells even in the offseason. I know there were some people who were high on him, but I wasn't that high on him all offseason coming into this year, 
And then you look at what happened to him last week and what's happened to him in these first three weeks. Any quarterback is going to struggle and be gun shy when you're getting that much pressure in your face. And I expect more of the same this week. I think you'll see Sam Howell make some mistakes. He's not a good enough quarterback, and very few quarterbacks are, to be able to overcome that bad of an offensive line. But when you put a young guy like Howell, who I don't think is that talented anyway on top of it, he doesn't scare me at all. And you look at this Philadelphia Eagles team, we talk about it every single day now, how good the interior defensive line is with Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, Milton Williams, even Marlon Tuipolotu getting a sack last week. And you look at the center for this Washington Commanders team, Nick Gates, he hasn't been very good in pass protection, just like Hainsey wasn't last week in Tampa. And you get that type of interior pressure in your face, it makes it really difficult for quarterbacks. So I don't expect Sam Howell to do much this week. And I'm also hoping that we start to see our defensive ends, our edge rushers get after him as well, going against some of these tackles that Washington has. So Sam Howell. It's going to be a long Sunday, hopefully, again. The tackles got eaten up last week by Buffalo's pass rush, and you're right. Yeah. Uh, it would be a nice breakout week for Hassan Reddick and or uh, Brandon Graham uh, to get themselves a couple of sacks. All right. Uh, before we take our next time out, we hope to be joined by Grant Paulson for what from 106.7 The Fan down in D.C. Uh, to talk commander's aspect of this matchup come Sunday. Um Assuming the Eagles are more effective throwing the ball this week than they have been the last couple of weeks, not because they want to get, they need to get away from the run, but they'd like a little bit better balance that they've had to lean on the run a little bit more than most people expected and, or maybe even the Eagles wanted. We hear the coach talk all the time about the offense runs through AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. Um, because the offense passing game hasn't been huge, neither one of the, any of these three guys hasn't had a quote-unquote breakout game yet. If there's a breakout game to be had by one of their three receivers, who do you think most likely it is this week? Well, selfishly, I'm hoping it's Dallas Goddard because I got him on my fantasy team, <laughs> and we haven't seen we haven't seen much from him. But you know, it's hard to predict, Jody, because it's really going to depend on who this commander's team puts Fuller on because he's been a really good cornerback for that commander's team. He's probably the biggest bright spot of their start for these first three weeks. He's one of the highest graded corners in the league, according to pro football focus. So I think if you see him on AJ Brown, I don't know if he'll travel with him, but depending on who he's going to be guarding a majority of the time, I think you stay away from them and go to your other receivers. But I'm still waiting, like I said, selfishly for Dallas Goddard, but He's just so talented, and the fact he only has 11 catches in three games and only 63 yards is just mind-blowing to me. So I do expect a big game from him. And a little bit more down the field out of Dallas Goddard. A lot of routes they've been running to him have been really short routes. You mentioned the 63-some-odd yards. That's 20 yards a game. That's not good out of one of the guys that you like to profess as uh, one of the best pass-catching tight ends in the game. They, They need to up that mark. I I just think it's a Smitty week. I think Devontae Smith has a bit of a breakout week. I don't know if Washington will travel fuller to specifically cover A.J. Brown. I think you're right. I think they will try and go against uh, Baptiste, their other corner. Um, and I think Devontae Smith will get a lot of those matchups, which should be beneficial for him. Yeah. He's Bill Colorulo filling in for Johnny Mack, who had to get over 
to the Novacare Complex for some Eagles insight. Uh, we've got, hopefully, Grant Paulson from 106.7 The Fan uh, joining us next. We've had Grant on many a time to talk uh, commanders, back to football team. I think he even was on the show when they were called the Redskins. Uh, we'll hopefully punch up uh, Grant Paulson next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. A football front from Bird 365. Johnny Mack got a high talent over to uh, South Philadelphia uh, getting a session with the uh, coach today. So uh, Bill Calarulo filling in for him. We're waiting on my buddy, Grant Paulson. I've texted him not once, not twice, three times now. Uh, he told me earlier in the week he'd be fine to come on Friday at 920. We're still trying to run him down and see if we can punch him up because uh, he's been covering the 
Washington football team for years and is uh, very good at giving you insight to them. We hope to get him up with us in just a little bit. All right, Bill, we were talking about uh, the running backs just a second ago as to how uh, we always get caught up. I know at least I do in the numbers in how many how many touches a guy gets. But a key element is what you're attempting to achieve with the guy that you're handing the football to or throwing the football to, that it's situationally based, that if there's a certain team that you're doing certain things against that you think are going to be effective or a guy's got a different skill set against a team, matchup-driven decisions as uh, as to who's going to get the football coming out of the backfield. Sirianni kind of leaned on that the other day. What matchup do you think works against the commanders here coming this week? Very good, very stout defensive line. Okay, linebackers at best. Um, do you think this is more of a Kenny Gainwell game? Do you have faith that your offensive line can open up those same holes again that they have the first three games? Does does it matter the matchup this week against the commanders as to who is going to be the workhorse in Eagles backfield? Well, first of all, the offensive line has showed us it doesn't matter who they're going against. We saw it last season. We saw it last week against Tampa. So no defensive front makes me nervous when you look at the offensive line about opening up holes. What I love, though, about DeAndre Swift as opposed to these other backs is something that Miles Sanders was so good at last year was having that home run potential. Every time he touched the ball, you didn't know if he was going to be able to break free for a long gain. And you see a very similar thing with DeAndre Swift. He's been really good at hitting the holes, but he's been very patient, allowing his offensive line to get out in front of him. And then once he gets into open space, watch out because he could take it any single time he touches it. So that's why I like giving him the ball a little bit more than Kenny Gainwell. But there is a role for Kenny Gainwell. I know we said we don't want to get too tied up on the touches, but you got to spread it around a little bit. So I do think Gainwell will get in there at times. But how you don't just lean on DeAndre Swift with his playmaking ability it's really hard to stay away from them. And it looks like they're going to have Boston Scott back this week. Uh, last week, they couldn't find one carry for Rashad Penny. So I don't know exactly what did, Boston Scott's participation is going to be. Did Penny, My, uh, did Penny even get a snap? I don't know if he even got a rep in that game. I, I do not think he did. Um, so he has be, become the odd man out. Uh, I think Boston Scott, if he is activated, will go back to uh, returning kicks and um, we'll, we'll – if that's the only participation he has, that'll be more than Rashad Penny had last week. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if they even find a uh, player or two for Boston Scott uh, to get in there. All right, uh, let's flip it over and talk about the Eagles defense. Uh, I know you've been commenting on it, John, and I certainly have, uh, that the level of play that they've gotten out of Jalen Carter in the first three games, while most of us, certainly John and myself, talked about the Eagles got a little lucky that uh, Jalen Carter had some issues off the field and there were teams at the top of the draft that were quarterback desperate and took uh, three quarterbacks in the first, uh, however many, four picks of the draft. And that pushed Jalen Carter down. And uh, he was arguably the best overall talent in the draft coming in, highest rated quarterback uh, player coming in. And it helped for him to be able to drop down to number nine where the Eagles traded up to get him. Got to give Howie credit for that. I, I, five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, I don't uh, hope we don't forget. They really did want this guy and proved it by moving up one slot over the Bears 
What? Did you really think the Bears were going to take him? I didn't. The Bears could screw up a two-car funeral. So uh, you, you knew that that was probably not going to happen. But they decide, listen, this kid is worthy. Even though we probably don't have to give it up, we don't want to take any chance whatsoever. We need to get him. So they moved up one slot to get him and still at number nine rather than number 10. Stone cold steal of the draft. I know we're only three games in. But the level at which he's played has been unbelievable so far. Do you think the commanders are the first team to give him the kind of respect that he has earned off the way that he's played so far that they double him on almost every single snap? I think you have to double team him. The problem is we've seen what he's been able to do even against the double team, Jody. He's second in the NFL having six quarterback pressures against the double team. And the only player who has more is Micah Parsons, who people talk about as the defensive player of the year. And this guy's doing it as a rookie with less than 50% of the snaps. So I think you have to double team Jalen Carter when he's in there, but even that's not been helping. So let's hope they put a lot of emphasis on trying to stop Jalen Carter and we can see our edge rushers eat this week because it'd be nice to see Asan Reddick get into the sack column for sure. The Sun and BG, both a little short on the production so far this year and both had phenomenal years last year, uh, which is a surprise because the Eagles are getting the pressure that they're getting up the middle. Uh, you, you would think on a general dynamic of a play, when you get as good pressure as you do up the middle, the quarterback is going to go one way or the other. Uh, that hasn't been the case that they've been forced outside for the other than Josh Sweat making plays coming off the edge. The Eagle guys haven't been able to do that. We, we've we got a built-in excuse and or explanation for Son Reddick because he had that club on his hand, and this is the first game that he will play without the cast. Uh, so hopefully that, that bears some results. And everybody loves Brandon Graham, and I'm not going to put too heavy pressure on Brandon Graham, but hasn't been an overly productive, at least as per stats, for the first three weeks from Brandon Graham. Just a coincidence, just a uh, happenstance, or uh, are we a little bit worried that father time is finally catching up with Brandon Graham? It's got to happen sooner or later. I mean, he is getting up there. He's played a lot of games in an Eagles uniform, but... I'm never going to count Brandon Graham out. I think you, you'll you still probably see him come up in a big moment and make a big play because we know he made the biggest play in Eagles history. That's for sure. So <laughs> I'm not counting him out. But, yeah, father time may be getting to him. He's not getting a lot of snaps. He didn't get a lot of snaps last year either, but he made a lot, he made a lot of pressure and a lot of sacks with limited reps. But he's getting – some limited reps this year, but you know we'll see because it's been across that defensive line that we haven't seen the edges getting after it. So I'm not ready to rule BG out just yet. Fair enough. All right. Uh, speaking of snaps on the defensive line, um, I think Jalen Carter is upwards of 60% now, which is a pretty good number considering the Eagles do rotate three different groups at the defensive tackle, the third team. Uh, certainly is going to get the last uh, the, the least it's not a equal number across the board with him playing as well as he did as he has and i understand i get it he's a rookie you don't want to put his uh, fill his plate too much i understand there were some questions about him coming out of georgia as to not being the greatest pack practice player of all time had they given him the right number of snaps, would you be looking for an increase 
in the number of snaps of Jalen Carter going forward? Or do you think, hey, Jody, he's playing the, the, the best defensive tackle there is in the National Football League. Just keep it right like it is. Don't ask too much. Uh, am I am I getting greedy if I'm saying, can we up uh, Jalen Carter's snaps a couple more per game? Yeah, I'm looking at how many he had last week. He only played 45% of the snaps, and Jordan Davis matched him 45%. That was 21 reps. I would like to see him get a little bit more snaps. The problem is you have other guys who are really contributing. And the Eagles, I don't remember seeing a Philadelphia Eagles team that was really five deep at the defensive tackle position because we know Cox, Milton Williams, Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter, but I mentioned Marlon Tuipolotu getting after the quarterback as well. I mean, they have five guys who can create interior pressure. So I do want to see Jalen Carter play a little bit more because he's been so dominant, but this formula seems to be working right now, rotating these D tackles through, keeping them fresh. And when you can roll five D tackles and keep putting interior pressure, offenses are going to have a real tough time with it, man. Yeah, and sometimes they go as deep as six defensive tackles. Could Marlin got a sack this week? Tui Pelotu did get in there. And why I just saw uh, I was at uh, Playa Bowl yesterday in Cherry Hill, and this big guy walks in. I'm like, man, he looks so familiar. And it was Marlon Tui Pelotu. Really? Uh, yeah, just, I was talking, uh, yeah. out and about on the street. He was out of bounds. He was wearing a USC shirt. That's how I recognize him because he had a USC shirt. I'm like, I know Marlon okay, went to USC. There you go. So, uh, yeah, nice guy. I congratulated him on his first sack. Good dude. Still still repping for the uh, the uh, alma mater. Good for him. Uh, give him credit for it. And he did. He got the only lone sack. Eagles had two sacks last week and it was one shared. And the solo sack was uh, Marlins. All right. And this is going to be, I guess, considered obligatory. But I feel the need to do it. Um and I know talking about snaps and how many snaps a guy gets, he hasn't got a ton of snaps, but he also hasn't gotten a ton of results either. Derek Barnett, your buddy, three games, one solo tackle, one combined tackle, two tackles in three games. Yeah, I think if I got snaps, I could get two tackles. I could get my hand in there and trip somebody up and get a half a tackle. Um, why is Derek Barnett still here? I get it. We're, we're there. The Eagles are hoping to generate enough interest that a team loses a defensive tackle for the rest, a defensive end for the rest of the season, right before the trade deadline. Uh, they're just crossing their fingers that someone will give them something for Derek Barnett. If the trade deadline comes and goes, is Derek Barnett going to be here? no matter what, for the rest of the season. I know he's well-liked. I know he's a hard worker. I know he's a Super Bowl champion. Is Derek Barnett going to be on this team all year long? It's tough to say because they do seem to like him for whatever reason. I know he's committed more penalties in his career than he has sacks. But what I don't like about what they're doing is by giving him these reps, you're not giving Nolan Smith any opportunity. Derek Barnett is playing more than rookie Nolan Smith. I'd be okay with that if Barnett was contributing, but he's not really contributing. So why don't you want to see your young guy get on the field and really start to learn how to play in the NFL? And I had Derek Gunn on my podcast, and I asked Derek, I said, is it because Nolan Smith is hurt? Is that why he's not getting reps? Is the shoulder something we should be concerned about? D-Gun said he talked to people inside the Eagles organization, and it's basically they don't think Nolan Smith is ready yet. Nothing to do with the injury. So I'm really hoping that Barnett isn't here all season because I think that's going to stunt Nolan Smith's growth.
That's a very good point by you. And John and I uh, asked ourselves the same question about Nolan Smith and why he's playing so little and could it still be the shoulder? The reason why I dismiss that is he's playing a ton on special teams. If the yeah. guy's hurt and you don't want him to get further hurt, well, you got a chance to get just as hurt, if not more so, on special teams. But they know they need him on special teams, and he showed the ability to get downfield pretty quickly. So uh, it wasn't that difficult a decision to make. And at Georgia, and I give the Georgia coaching staff a lot of credit for this, they use their stars on special teams. They tell their star play, listen, uh, just because you're a star, just because you're making big plays, you're one of the best players. We're we're taking special teams very seriously. We're going to expect you to play. And they have. So it wasn't like he was green in here. Some guys who are rookies who aren't ready to right, break right into the starting lineup from the line of scrimmage are forced to play special teams just for the experience. That's not. And even though they didn't do it at all on a collegiate level, Nolan Smith did. So I see where the Eagles are using him in special teams. And I agree with it all heartily. If he was hurt, they wouldn't be doing it. They'd find yeah. another guy to come in and play special teams reps. The fact that he is kind of tells you, as D. Gunn said, they just don't think he's ready. Uh, my question would be, if, I, in the, if in the questioning session with the special teams coach, I or the defense coordinator, I guess it is, really, he's not better already than Derek Barnett? And I'd look the special the defense coordinator in the eye. If he could look back and go, yeah, they, they're sorry, Derek's better than he is, I guess I'd have to accept it. But I just find that difficult to believe, Bill. No, I, I agree with you. There's and, and Barnett, it's not as if he even has a history where we're saying, hey, we're just waiting for him to break out of this. He hasn't really done anything. I mean, outside of the big fumble recovery in Super Bowl 52, which we'll always remember, what has he done in an Eagles uniform? So the fact that they keep rolling him out there, let's hope it's only because they're trying to generate some sort of trade value, like you said, because I don't like that they keep putting him on the field and he's just not producing. All right. One of the uh, positions that's advantageous to be part of if you're an Eagle defender is the guys immediately behind the line of scrimmage because the defensive line is playing as well as it is. And the linebackers are doing their job. Give credit where credit is due. Nicholas Morrow made the right read, and had the quicks to get into the end zone as quickly as he did last week. He had a free pass. People talk about, look at a hole open for DeAndre Swift. I could have run through that. Well, the hole that Nicholas Marr was able to go through on the Tampa yeah. Bay defensive line was also pretty damn big. And he made the hit, he made the tackle, and he got the Eagles at safety. But uh, you got to give Morrow credit. He has played pretty well. You got to give Cunningham credit. He has played pretty well. Even though we question the linebacker position for the Eagles because you're looking at veterans who weren't on right. Well, they signed Morrow uh, early enough during the offseason, but they cut him. And it was a solid week before he came back to the practice squad. So I consider both of these guys, quote unquote, scrap heap guys. They're playing pretty well for the Eagles, even though the, the expectation shouldn't have been that big coming into this season. Bill, agree or disagree? Agree 100%. I thought they had a great game against the Tampa Bay Bucks, And it does help that you have a defensive line in front of you like what the Eagles have. But they're making the most of their opportunities. Nicholas Morrow cut, then brought back on the practice squad. He's only out there because we saw Dean get hurt. And he played a really good game. But the guy that even impressed me more was Zach Cunningham. After the Patriots game, 
I was ready to cut Zach Cunningham. He really? You really you that down on him off that game? He looked really, really bad. But in hindsight, I'm going to admit that I was wrong because you should have expected him to have a bad game. He came in here late in the season, or excuse me, late in the preseason. preseason. So it took him a game to get his feet under him. But I thought Cunningham looked good. I thought Morrow looked good. What impressed me the most about them wasn't even their run-stopping ability. They both looked good in pass coverage, which I was really worried about when they had Christian Ellis out there. Christian Ellis did not look good in pass coverage at all, and Morrow and Cunningham have kind of solidified that a little bit. So let's hope, hey, if, if Morrow keeps playing as well as he's playing, N'Kobe Dean's going to have a tough time beating him out when he gets back. He looked really good in that Bucks game. All right. Uh, interested in your point of view of this because I ran this by Johnny Mac the other day and I was a little surprised by his uh, rating of the two Eagles defensive coordinators. Uh, we knew coming into the season, losing both Steichen and JG, that the coordinators would be under the microscope as well. He should. You're taking over a team that went to the Super Bowl at least uh, one side of the ball. Um, that that's some pretty good pressure for you to have to deal with. Uh, through the first three games of this season, if I ask you to g- give me a letter grade, A plus to F, for both Brian Johnson and Sean Desai, give me your two grades, Professor Calarulo. Uh, uh, Brian Johnson first, A plus to F. How would you rate him through three games? So I'm going to give Brian Johnson a B minus. I think that some of the play designs have left a little bit to be desired, especially some of these screens that they're running, these quick wide receiver screens I'm not a fan of. But what I, the reason I'm giving him credit is these defenses are coming out and they're, they've schemed a little bit differently this year. So the Eagles are trying to figure that, that out. But what Brian Johnson's done, which isn't easy, is to commit to whatever is working. He's not trying to force feed the pass. The run's working, he's calling the running plays, and the Eagles are putting up a lot of points and a lot of yards. I'm giving him a B-minus mainly because I'm giving him an opportunity to get his feet under him. He's never called plays in the NFL, but I do think some of the the play designs in the passing game could be a little better. If you go back and watch some of the the All-22 tape, you'll see some of the way they're designing these routes are making it difficult when teams are sitting back in a too-high safety cover four look, and you got... A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith both running nine routes down the field with nobody else in the pass. In the pass, it's, it's, it's difficult for Jalen Hurts. There's nowhere for him to go. So I think they can make things a little bit easier on Hurts. But I'm going to give him a B- minus because the offense is doing what they need to do to win games. On the defensive side of the ball, I'm giving Sean Desai a B+. I think when you look at the injuries that this defense has had, especially in the back end, and again this week, who knows if Justin Evans or Sidney Brown's going to play, I think he's done a really nice job of making do with what he has. He's got a lot of young players, a lot of guys playing new positions, and they look ready. The defense looks ready, and I, I attribute that to good coaching. And I was against, Jody, we, I was on your show last week, and we talked about should they move James Bradbury inside to play slot corner. I was against that. It looked like it was the smart move against the Bucks based on the personnel that the Bucks have. Whether or not they do it this week, I don't necessarily agree with it again. But, hey, Sean Desai proved me wrong last week. But that's not something I would have done, and it seemed to work out pretty well for the Eagles last week. Well, I think they're forced to do it this week, uh, depending on the injury situation. It looks like they could be down both Evans and Sidney Brown. And both of those guys 
took some slots in the snap, uh, took some snaps in the slot. Uh, John said, reading between the lines, what he's getting from Sean Desai, he thinks that they think that Brown is actually the better guy to be uh, moved out of the safety room, even though they think Evans could do it as well. There's a chance that neither one of them play this week. So that means you're going to get a lot of Bradbury in the slot, whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not, whether you think it's a bad matchup against Samuel or not, because it's either that or Mario Goodrich. And John and I talked about this in the first segment. How do you put Mario Goodrich back out there this week? Yeah. He gets his first chance to play in week number two. I thought he got abused personally. Um, John threw the number out, the passer rating against him in the 140s. Kirk Cousins took him apart, okay? The Eagles saw that. The Eagles acknowledged that. And they said, we don't even feel comfortable dressing him last week. So I get it. When you when you have injuries, and if Evans and Brown are gonna miss this game, it's gonna make it difficult on them. But how do you go to a guy like Goodrich and go, all right, you got your first chance to play? You were so bad, we decided to inactivate you, but now we want you to get back in there and go kick some ass. That's kind of tough to do to expect from Mario Goodrich. So whether we agree with it ahead of time or not, I wasn't all that much for it. I wasn't quite against as against it as you and John, but uh, it is not a perfect situation, and you are weakening yourself outside when you take Bradbury off the uh, outside corner. They don't have a choice this year. This it's got to be them if both the guys who missed practice yesterday are not ready to go by the time the game rolls around on Sunday. Yeah, I remember we were doing the pregame show for Jacob Sports, and I turned to Derek Gunn. I said, "Hey, Goodrich is inactive." And he's like, no, he can't be. Right? Yeah, he's in, I, it was my same exact reaction. <laughs> what do you mean he's inactive? Yeah, we, we were all like double checking it. And they're like, where'd you get that? I said, it's coming from the Eagles. They, they just put it out. So we were all surprised by that. But the one thing that really concerns me with it is James Bradbury, all pro corner on the outside. You move him inside. He's a gamer. He, he played pretty well last week. But it's definitely going to be a little bit of a downgrade from what he's normally playing. And who's replacing him on the outside it's not like Josh Job is setting the world on fire either. I don't think Job played that great against the Bucs. Granted, he was going against a good wide receiver in Mike Evans. But that's what I really don't like about it is you're moving Bradbury inside and you're replacing him with Josh Jobs, who, who hasn't been that great either. So it's kind of pick your poison here on what, the, what they're going to do. But Mario Goodrich is probably going to dress this week, I would assume, if Sidney Jones... Oh, he has to dress. Sydney Jones. The question is, how much is he going to play? Yeah. And that we we don't know yet. All right. Uh, by the way, I just heard from Grant Paulson. He apologizes profusely. He uh, forgot his phone, took his daughter to work, ran out the house, and completely forgot. So he did apologize. He did give me a score on the game. I'll share that with you when we come back. We'll take our final time out. Me and Bill will come back. We got to get Bill on the record. Johnny Mack went 27-20. If I don't write it down, I don't remember anything. I think that was his score. So he said, Eagles win, but maybe a backdoor cover for Washington if they get a late touchdown. We had uh, Paul Domwich on. He said 30-17. to I had already written down a score on my paper right here. Uh, you're and going 25 to... points again? you going 25 again? I, I, I thought about it for a second, Bill. Good call. <laughs> uh, I actually think the Eagles will score more than 25 points this week. Not a lot more. Uh, five more 
exactly. I had 30 to 17. So I gave, I, I would go with the same exact score that Dama went with. Uh, when we come back, we'll get Bill Calarulo's score and I'll give you Grant Paulson's score. And he, again, apologies profusely. He better show up the next time the Commanders and the Eagles play. I'll, I'll hound him more than I did this time. Uh, but we'll give you a Grant score as well. Come back, put a bow on the show here on Birds 365. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Coming down the home stretch on a football Friday, yes. Not only do we have an Eagle game this week, it's an Eagle game on Sunday, and it's an Eagle game on Sunday at 1 p.m. We have not had one yet this year. Week one against the Patriots, late afternoon game, 4, 15, 4, 20, whatever the hell time they start those late afternoon games. Thursday game against the Vikings, Monday night game against Tampa. So it's the first Sunday at one game. 
and Johnny Mac actually goes and covers this game. So he has a really legitimate reason to like Sunday at one, just makes his life easier because of it. With me, it's just, it feels right. That's when football, if you're an East Coast fan of an East Coast team and you want to watch your team on Sunday, you should want to be watching Sunday at one. That's just, I've been doing it for 50 years. So it's been ingrained in me because I'm old enough when they didn't have, all games were played on Sunday. There was no such thing as Monday night football. There was no such thing as Sunday night football. There's no such thing as Thursday night football. So yeah, the, the game has changed and the entire league has changed. So I get it. I have to learn to react, but it doesn't change my just feel for the game. Sunday at one is the time that football is supposed to be played. So I'm glad the Eagles are playing Sunday at one. The commanders are coming to town. John McMullen, before he left, said 27-20 Eagles win. Paul Domwich, who we had on our number one, said 30-17 Eagles will be victorious. I kind of smiled when Dama went there because I had already written down my score, and I've got 30-17. to And Grant Paulson, who, again, profusely apologizes. Uh, he ran out the house to get his daughter to school and forgot to take his phone with him. Has the Eagles winning 27 to 17. So Grant actually has them covering the eight and a half points. Bill Calarulo, you are it. We need to hear from you as far as a score prediction goes for the Eagles and the Commanders. Well, it's interesting that you guys have your scores where they're at because I have the Eagles putting up 30 points in this game. 30. Washington's averaging. They're giving up 28.7 points a game, and I think they're going to be even more this week. So Eagles are putting up 30, but I have it 30 to 16. I think the commanders are only getting in the end zone one time, and I think you're going to see three field goals. So I have 30 to 16, a little bit different than you guys. All right, so, but rather close to both me and Dama. We're at 30, 17, you're at 30, 16. Yeah. So we're, we're all in the same exact neighborhood. Um, and I'll tell I, you, Joe, you talk about the one o'clock Sunday games. The one thing I like about the late night games though, is, you know, we're down at the ocean casino doing the pregame and postgame. When I drive home from Atlantic city, I get to listen to you late night. So that's the one benefit to uh, uh, the late night games. If, if you've got the ability to hop on CBS sports, yes, you do. After uh, the postgame stuff is over and done with, depending on where I may be working that night. All right. So, uh, do you think that the Eagles are adding to their lead late last week? Uh, it still didn't matter to the spread. The Tampa Bay Bucks got a late score that made it a little bit closer than it was, but the Eagles just went into their extended four minute offense to nine minutes to run out the rest of the clock. I can see something similar this week. Will the Bucks be getting a late score? The Bucks, uh, excuse me. The commander's getting a late score to make it closer. Will the Eagles be dominating through three quarters of this game? I think so. I, I think it's going to be a similar thing to what you saw last week. I think the commanders may score late in the fourth quarter, but I really think that the Eagles are going to come out to a bigger lead. I think you're going to see a hotter start from this offense and their passing game. I just really think that the commanders, when looking at tape, are going to say, hey, we need to figure out a way to stop this Eagles running game, and they're going to overcommit to the run, and that's going to open some things up for the Philadelphia Eagles passing game. And I think they put up a lot of points early. It'll be a similar game to what we saw last year, where Eagles score early with a lot of points and then lean on that ground game to chew up the clock, and that's what I think you'll have on Sunday. So you've got all your guys here on uh, the Jacob Sports Media YouTube channel 
leaning toward an eagle victory and even a heavy-handed eagle victory. Johnny Max, the only one who has him uh, not actually covering the eight and a half points. All I'll note is that we all felt basically the same when Washington came to town last year, when the Eagles were 8-0. It wasn't really going to be all that competitive. Taylor Heineke, really? You think? Yeah, he found a way. Uh, I don't think this Eagle team is sitting on a shoot-themselves-in-the-foot game. That's why we're all picking the Eagles to win. Bill, great stuff. Thanks for filling in for Johnny Mac. Appreciate you jumping into the lurch. Uh, I'm sure we're getting you back on again down the road soon enough. Always a pleasure, Jody. Looking forward to it, man. My pleasure. Bill Calarulo filling in for Johnny Mac. Johnny Mac will be back. He'll be back here with me on Monday. No travel, no issues, early game. He's had issues, hasn't he, with his airlines? No no airline (laughs) issues, no questioning the entire airline uh, uh, capabilities of this country. No, 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 no. All he's got to do is drive into uh, South Philly and drive home. So he's guaranteed to be here with me. We will do Birds 365 talking about a 4-0 Eagle team. Yeah, I think so. A 4-0 Eagle team come Monday in two and two days, that is. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beat brand for heart health support. The new Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Superbeats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Superbeats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.